Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spleichel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spleichel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel. We are happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is Our video ads, the future of digital advertising. Today, we have two of the members of the founding team at Purple Mattress, where they took the company from a Kickstarter campaign to a public company with $700 million a year in revenue in just four years. These these days, they run Stoic Yeti, which is considered to be the leading direct-to-consumer agency with a focus on paid ads. They have generated over $2 billion in direct-to-customer revenue for brands like Casper and Harley and Davidson. A big welcome to Chris Knudsen and Dan Bischoff. Hi, guys. Hey, Andy. How you doing? So let's dive right in. Why do you believe that video ads are the future of digital advertising? Well, see, Dan, you want to take that? You want me to take that? I'd say it's the future past and present. How so? How so? I mean, you know, always you've had digital advertising. Really, people have been, you know, you had your Google ads, you had Facebook ads, but really more text. Why why do you see them leading toward video now? So video is, and it probably has been, you know, for a long time. When you look at advertising across the board, you know, Search ads are text, right? But that's people that are that are in, already looking for something. You need mm-hmm. to break through the noise, educate people on your. There's more and more products out there. There's more and more competition to capture attention to educate people on your products. Like video is the way to get it done, and all the platforms are going that way too. Like even with uh, look at Facebook and how they're limited on their data, it's become more of a a content creating platform. Right, short video now, you know, TikTok and, and everything. It, it's all it's all video. It's captured attention of people with true video. And what are the essential types of video ads? I mean, are you running like top of funnel, bottom of funnel? I mean, what what kind of video ads should people be considering creating? So I can take that. We uh, we typically think about video as as a full funnel um, media application for like everything that you're doing in, in platforms like uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, the platforms all work pretty much the same way in terms of the funnel. We have um, cold traffic, retargeting traffic, website retargeting traffic, you know, uh, as you apply video built specifically for each level of the funnel, then your likelihood that you're going to convert is much higher than if you were just kind of what I'll say, throwing spaghetti against the wall, right? If you're like, well, we have some video, let's just throw it in there. Let's just see what happens. Um, It's important to build video um, specifically around a direct response um, model. That's typically the way that we think about, although we're not completely married to the model. It is the, I'm going to call it the foundational model where you're trying to define a problem 
a solution. You're trying to explain the benefits of, of the, the, the product and how it solves the problem for the customer. And then you're giving them some type of call to action out the back end, right? Whether that be an offer or a call to action to visit a website, whatever it may be. Um, that model is is uh, that model is is fairly constant, and, and it didn't start with the web, right? Like this is a model that we've been using in um, advertising all the way back to uh, infomercials in the 1980s, for example, right? Um, so I- implementation of the, that strategy and how you think about how you're building your video creative and how you're building your video, video creative for each level of the funnel is um, it's extremely important um, in building effective video campaigns uh, for social platforms. So just to be clear, the, the formula is you uh, define the problem, you agitate the problem, and then you solve the problem. So you're, you're yeah. doing all that in the video. That's right. That's right. And, and again, you can have some variations on that. We like to test a lot of different things. Um, testing is a big piece of, of what we do at Stoic Yeti to understand uh, different uh, demographics may react differently depending on products or services that you're promoting. Uh, to video. So you have to be flexible, right? Like you got to be flexible in how you think about um, building that advertising. Uh, but it, it's critical that uh, that you follow at least some methodology there that you have a testing in, in, testing in place uh, to make sure that it's uh, like a methodical process, right? You're not just, again, not just throwing spaghetti against the wall. You're, you're actually testing and you're building toward uh, logical conclusions driven by data about what's really working with your ads. And what do you need for production? I mean, is it is it going to be just a business owner with their phone, or do you need you need to get a production team? Does it depend? That's, I mean, what do you need? That's an awesome question. Like, I love that question. We talk about this all the time because the way that it used to be, the thing that worked really well, and, and Purple Mattress is a really good case study in this, where Dan and I were part of the founding marketing team, was we came out of the gate there with a very expensive long form video. Long form being a video. Um, kind of in the world right now, it's more than a minute long. But um, in the back then, it was four or five minutes long. Was the the video that we went to market with, and that produced like humorous, long form type video. It worked extremely well on platforms. It lended itself really well to the sharing algorithms, and like you got a really good viral coefficient off of that, which was, you know, especially in Purple's case, it was very explosive because the video was shared, and uh, it was shared tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of times, right? And uh, and got, you know, really good reach on that. And so um, today we almost think about this the opposite, which is like really good news for our clients. Um, in fact, I was with a client this morning where we were talking about this and uh, it is this, it's that user-generated content is, you know, and I'm going to say there's some caveats to this because it still needs to follow the model, right? Um, we, we typically see like influencer content is very, popular now. We've been in this world of influencer, influencer marketing, I would say pretty heavily for the last couple of years. Um, influencer marketing really is kind of twofold. We're trying to get a organic reach off of that, right? But we're also trying to get, um, we're also trying to use that content in advertising. Uh, we typically look at that uh, and with the contracts and the costs and some of those things that come along with influencer marketing, it's, it can be pretty expensive, right? So mm-hmm. we look at it and say, how can we find really good content producers are good at talking about products and services, um, have them make video around the product and then utilize that video in, in, in ads, right? And so like we would take, hire people who are really good at talking about videos that we're not dealing with influencers, we're not dealing with prima donnas, we're not dealing with contracts, we're not dealing with any of that type of stuff. We just have people who are recording on, call it an iPhone, who are extremely good at talking about a product or a service 
And then we're applying our ad methodology to that and editing it in such a way that it's it's still built like an ad, but it doesn't look like an ad, right? Um, the good news about this model is that it's extremely cost-effective and it's extremely effective from a revenue standpoint, right? And that's music to everybody's ears today because they're not having, you don't have to go out and build a $500,000 video and be like, oh, I'm going to cross my fingers and hope this works. It's like, hey, let's get the iPhones out and start doing some video of people demonstrating the product and talking about uh, why the product solves their problem. And then let's go test it in platform and see if we can get, um, if we can drive revenue off of that. So that that's a way more appealing model. And that's kind of where we sit today is we've, it, not that produced content doesn't work. It does. There's places for it, of course, mm-hmm. right? But from a cost perspective, it's awesome because we live in this great age where you can pick up an iPhone, you can make an ad and you can put it in platform and you can go test it and run it, right? So it's awesome. So it's Stoic Yeti. Are you, you're getting the people to be in there on those videos for your customers or are you telling the customers to do it and giving them a script? How does that work? We do all the above. So if someone comes to us and they're like, oh, that's a really nice idea to get people to talk about our product, but we don't know who people are and we don't know. We have a whole network of people that we use that build content, right? So we take all the anxiety of having to worry about finding people and all that out of our clients' hands and we go take care of all that ourselves, right? Um, Our process is really interesting. And this is something that Dan uncovered is is we don't really give our, our content creators a script because then it comes off like people are not good actors generally, right? So if you give them a script and it looks like they're reading off a script, it comes off extremely dis- disingenuous and it's it doesn't look like an actual user of the product or the service and people are going to walk away from that, right? So we generally give them questions that we want them to answer. Like, hey, what was the problem that you had that this product fixed, right? Or what was what's the main benefit that you got out of using this product, right? And people are much more natural when you position it to them in a question and they can just answer it in question form and like question answer format. Uh, then if we give them a script, the script, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't, we, we'll give them value propositions and, mm-hmm. you know, those types of things that they can refer to, but we just, we generally avoid giving them a script. So you're giving them the questions to kind of lead them through that uh, problem. Exactly. Okay. And are you testing more than one? Like if you go out, you know, of course, if it's the company owner and they're doing it, you're probably just, but are you running, you know, tests on different people? Or different videos created, or is it going to be, is it almost going to be like a spokesman you're creating for a different company that's using this? Yeah, we're testing. I mean, you have to have the mindset of testing everything, then there's a process to do it right when you're buying that media. But yeah, we're testing um, different individuals. We, we give them different questions to, to answer. Um, for, for an e-bike, there was a video... And it's a couple riding the e-bike and the, the winner was just like, this is super fast, you know? And there was other, other things they said, but that that was like a simple thing that actually turned out to win, but you just give them different sound bites. But we also take, we like to take brand footage or B roll of products and mix it with several user generated content people. And, and the beauty of having UGC in, is a couple ways. Um, one, I'm sorry. What what is UGC? Uh, sorry, user generated content. User generated yes. content. Got it. The beauty of it is, um, one way to sell something is you have to have a prove it sort of message. You have to prove the claims you're making. So you say this product is amazing, or it fixes this issue, or it solves this problem. You have to have some reason to prove it. And a user generator generated 
content is someone, it's like a testimonial, you know, proving that message. And it's also, it is the user telling the brand story instead of the brand telling the brand story, which is, which is we found is a really big deal. People today, they see a brand telling a brand story, looks all pretty like a brand does. If you're on TikTok, that is not going to work. People look at that and they ignore anything, anything that looks like it's coming from a company. But if it's someone lower quality, even we've seen a lot of ads that are lower quality production out, outperform from a direct response angle from a return of ad spend, you know, interesting, uh, significantly over like a really beautiful branded piece. Now you had mentioned TikTok. Where, where are you using these videos? We're yeah, using that's a great across, question. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Dan. Go for it. Yeah, we're using them across the board, um, mostly in in the social platforms and Facebook, and Instagram and TikTok. I mean, TikTok you have to have them and you have to have a lot of it because there's a lot of ad fatigue in TikTok. And people will see the same ad over. So in like a week, you got to replace that with some new content often. Um, and yeah. but we've, we've, we've done it with CTV, like uh, CTV is like Hulu, streaming television, those kind of things too, of mixing that with some higher quality. You, you need a higher quality video, you know, for TV, but um, yeah, mostly on the social, any social platform, uh, that, that what you need to have at least a mixture of, of that, um, some user generated content to make that work. So, I mean, you're giving a ton of information, but if there was just a single piece of actionable advice that you would give to a business owner on how to create, immediately create and test some video ads, what would it be? Yep. Yeah, I'd say, first, Chris? yeah, I'd say, look, set up a camera, set up your iPhone, talking to your iPhone, get used to talking to your iPhone, right? Go look at like, there's a lot of these ads online, right? So if you go look at just, if you're in Instagram, if you're in those platforms, you're going to see these ads, right? But emulate that model, which is really simple. Like just talking about the problem, why you're the solution, the benefits, some type of call to action and get used to showing the product to the camera, right? And how it works and you utilize its demonstrability to its maximum effect on camera and just make up the videos yourself, right? Hey, I just want to tell you about this thing, right? And when you're just sitting there and you're just like talking about it and why it's cool. Uh, and then take that video and go test it in platform. Um, media buying is hard, right? Like there's a lot of intricacies to it. Um, and sometimes you need to work with someone who understands media buying capabilities um, in platforms like Facebook or, or TikTok. Um, and then th there's other people who just kind of like, na they naturally just go and just kind of figure it out. And they're like, I'm just going to put this video up, put a little bit of budget behind it, go test it uh, and just see what happens, right? So um, like the simplest thing you can do is just start using your iPhone to make video uh, you know, and then put it up to the platforms and start testing it. Right. So uh, Dan, what else would you add so to that? Companies make a mistake with this sometimes of, of uh, being too worried about getting the perfect customer to represent their brand. Mm -hmm. You know, they may be worried about, we've seen, we had an, an ad and, and we thought it was going to be the worst performer. It was kind of a greasy looking skater dude. Um, and we put it out there anyway. He just talked, he talked pretty clearly about the product and why he liked it. And it was a, the top performer, you know, the, to credit for this company, the brand people didn't, didn't push back. A lot of brand people would have pushed back on that individual person. Mm -hmm. um, but it, but it worked because, for whatever reason, sometimes you don't know why. Um, but it also identify like you go through 
your personas of who buys your, your company, what is the problem it solves, all that kind of stuff, and, and make some questions around it. Do you and think th- having somebody else give a review, give their problem and stuff is more effective than somebody in the company talking about it? thousand percent. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially if it's branded people doing it in what looks like a branded production. That it just doesn't work as well anymore, right? I mean, it's what, just if, people... what if you're a what if you're a smaller company? I'm Joe's T-shirts, and I create yeah. this. Is it better for the owner or for somebody? I ordered Joe's T-shirts. Well, it, ideally, you would like to get a customer, somebody that's done it, right? But ideally, but if you like, hey, I'm just starting out, and I don't have a customer, then Joe, just Joe, make a video, right? Um, uh, I see a lot of videos all the time that are kind of UGC, and I'm like, I can tell that's the founder talking about their product, right? And I'm okay with it. I'm like, that's cool. That's exactly what it's bootstrapping. That's like, that's what you have to do out of the gate is go tell your own story, but make it look like user-generated content and uh, and go tell your story to your audience. And like people are pretty forgiving and pretty cool about that, right? And uh, as you grow your business, you've got added the people in who can talk about your products and services and it's great. Small companies that we found out too, founders do this kind of content. People like hearing from the founders and they like to hear why you made the product. Like, mm-hmm. what was the problem that you saw in the marketplace? You know, what's the reason why you, you made, you started your business, you know, and why you put it together and why it's, why it's, you know, why should I care about what you made for me? You know, that, that actually works really well, especially if you have it combined with the founder story. Plus you have real customers talking about the product too. If you have both of those together, you know, in different ad sets for, and there's going to be a hundred touch points in e-commerce before someone. So you're going to need different points of, of view and perspectives on these ads. But hey, I actually good. love the founder story there and there too. Hey, what's up there? This is Andy. I wanted to take a quick break from the show and talk to you for just one minute. You probably know that I've been called the world's foremost expert in e-commerce growth strategies. But have you ever wondered how I gained all this knowledge? First, you probably guessed it. It's through all the years of interviews I've done with experts and uber successful throughout the e-commerce space right here on the Make Each Click Count podcast. And second, it's through all the courses that are available at Make Each Click Count University. From Facebook to Google Ads to Pinterest to SEO, if you are looking to grow your business by either adding a new marketing channel or by optimizing an existing marketing channel like an expert, Go to www.makeeachclickcountuniversity.com forward slash classes. There you will find a course that will help you become an expert in whatever marketing channel you currently need help. Better yet, choose more than one. Join Make Each Click Count University and join me and other marketing professionals live once a month at our monthly marketing members-only meeting. Again, you can view all courses at www.makeeachclickcountuniversity.com forward slash classes. Now, let's get back to the show. Now, you guys have had quite a run from Purple Mattress to now Stoic Yeti. Tell me, like during your journey, have there been any business books out there that you can attribute to some of your success? Uh, I mean, yeah, for me... um, uh, I love, there's, there's certain books that I love. I love Art of the Star and I love Rework and, you know, some of those books that are, they're older now, but like, they're still very applicable um, uh, to, to our time. Right. And like the thing that I've noticed in the market is there haven't been a lot of books lately, at least that I've seen, I'm a pretty big reader and I'm like, there's, 
there hasn't been like that book that's come out recently that I can think of. I can think back in the last five or six years that I'm like, oh, wow, that's a great book on entrepreneurship, right? Like it's, it's those older books that I think were very foundational, especially like if you came up in like the 2000s and you owned a business or you're in a startup then that, that were really influential to me. So, you know, one book that I remember a lot is Made to Stick, Why Some Ideas Survive, Others Die. Yeah, there's there's a acronym called success in that book where it really goes through how to make an ad too. It's how to how to really really um, position your your product or your business. You know, it's being simple and being very simple of grasping the core of it. You know, it's having unexpected. For instance, the purple mattress story. The we like to focus on that intro of the video quite a bit. Like that, that is the big key is that first three seconds of the video and the purple mattress with the gold locks video that you had over a billion video views. It starts off with, with an actress who's also a comedian. She says, what's a super easy way to know if your mattress is awful. And that's a question, right. That qualifies, mm-hmm. that helps people being aware of, of their problem. They might've right. Then you might think, Oh, I woke up with a sore sh- shoulder or a sore back on my, on my mattress, whatever. And then it goes into immediately into a demonstration, which is one good thing about video. You can really demonstrate the product. And it has eggs breaking on the mattress, right? That's kind of a surprise. It's a, an unexpected surprise demonstration. Um, uh, success, concrete is another one. It's being able to understand and remember. You know, that's the uh, how credibility. Many, how many shares did you say that you had with that purple mattress video? I don't remember the share oh, number. Geez. Hundreds of thousands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was an astronomical number of share. I mean, billions of video views across all the the video there, right? And so that video, to your question, Andy, that video too, the, just the marketing campaign and the strategy that we created at Purple Mattress, it was really based around a book called Zig Not Zag. You've heard of that book? No, I haven't. Um, which is a really cool marketing book. Like, talks about hey, when everybody else is zagging, you zig, right? Like, it's like you know, go this other direction. And there's so many cool things that you can do in video now to, to zig and not zag and follow kind of what the crowd is doing to help yourself stick out. That's an awesome book to like go read as an entrepreneur, or especially if you're in direct consumer marketing, you have a product. That's a really great book to go read, just to understand like how to get attention in the market. Hmm. That's very, it seems very similar to uh, the theory of being uh, doing a pattern interrupt, yeah. which is the same kind of thing. Hey, so I'm curious though, you had all these views was that your first mattress? Was that your first commercial on the mattress? How they gave your first video, or did you test a bunch of stuff until you hit something? Or yeah, that was the the the, the purple the the Goldilocks campaign was the first mattress, the first video out of the gate, right? It was the wow. first, first visit. It was a five minute video, a four to five minute video, depending on the cut. Um, that was really the foundational marketing of the, of the launch of of that business. But Purple over the years made a lot of videos. They've gotten progressively, I'm going to say this, like they've gotten progressively worse at making video, honestly, like, um, like it's just, they've kind of stuck to something that they're hiring like bigger agencies that I don't think really understand uh, a lot of things that we're talking about now in terms of how to make video effective and, uh, the performance of the video. Yeah. They're big branded videos and they just have kind of like, like basically failed. Right. Um, I would say there was a, a pretty big turning point in that business in terms of its creativity. And, and it really had to do with the people that were there, you know, post, you know, or before like three years ago. Right. And it's, um, uh, and it's, so it's kind of sad to see that, right. That it's, it's kind of devolved that way over there, but 
but the video work that was done there between like specifically 2015 and it, starting with the Kickstarter video all the way probably up into 2019. And it was, there's a lot of good, like kind of case study video there. I mean, we were building video there that was very cheap, like $2,500 type of a video mm-hmm. that drove, drove tens of millions of dollars in revenue. Just those one, one, one video, right? Like you can build effective video for very inexpensive, uh, very inexpensively that can drive tens of millions of dollars in, in revenue. That's a really big message that I want to like get your audience to take away is a lot of people think, okay, if I'm going to make tens of millions of dollars, I got to spend a lot of money on this video. And like, literally we can point to a lot of successful videos that were very inexpensive to make uh, that really were like the game changer for the business that drove again, literally, especially in purple's case, like tens of millions of dollars in revenue. So how did you guys go from Purple Mattress into starting your, your agency now, Stoic Yeti? Well, we got um, a lot of people were showing up in our world asking us how we did it, right? And I think Dan and I just didn't want to have real jobs anymore. And so we were like, hey, let's go start an agency and, and grab clients and let's, let's teach them how this works and do it for them, right? And uh, like our probably main motivator here is uh, that we don't want real jobs, to be totally honest with you. And then the next piece of that would be, we just like really love working in the industry. We let, we build a lot of video. We got a great team in house. Like we work with a lot of awesome people. Our clients are awesome. We love working with our clients. Like they have great products. And uh, we were really quickly able to gain um, like really interesting clients. We've worked, we work with like really big clients, but we also work with really little clients, right? Like we actually like working with startup type businesses, you know, if they can afford the services and they're ready to like get serious and jump in and start selling. We love to work with those companies. Like we love to go help them figure out their their place in the market and and drive significant amount of, of revenue for them. And for larger organizations, we fit in really well with their their marketing teams and their other agencies that they're working with, and have had a ton of success there too. So we've probably seen like maybe an abnormal amount of success just in the short time that we've been around. But it's it's the philosophies and the theories that we brought with us at Purple that again we didn't invent. We're just really good at executing on it. That um, that has played really well into um, uh, services that have gone into a lot of other companies that's really benefited them. So how does your fee structure work? Is it a, a do-it-for-you service? Are you showing people how to do it, do it with you? I mean, what what's that look like? We started out as consultants, actually, like CMO consultants. And we found that everybody, like, they didn't want to be told. They just wanted people to do it for them. So we quickly... Like we quickly evolved into more of an agency, right? So we do um, like all the video work. We we have uh, full ad buying capability. Um, we are probably very differentiated on those fronts, but also like we're very big on data. So we've integrated um, a lot of um, uh, business intelligence, like customized business intelligence reporting into um, into our processes so that we can understand what works really well in video and what's going on in the ad buying world. And we're really different that way. Like uh, we're not like a typical agency where you show up and you're like, Hey, I need somebody to like drive, you know, Facebook ads for me. Okay, cool. Um, can you give me like your, do you have any content I can use? Do you have any ads or anything? And they don't, and they don't, and the, and the agency doesn't make it. We make all of that because it, so you're, it was, you're making the content and running the ads for them. Yeah. Your success really begins and ends with your content. Right. And so um, most of our clients come to us because they're like, Hey, we just don't know how to build effective ads. And that's totally fine. Like that's, that's not typically a core competency of a marketing department. Right. And so we're just really good at executing on that, that component. And then if they need ad buying services, if they need data and everybody needs the data and they need the feedback, 
we do all that. So we have like a flat rate that we charge that covers a lot of the video piece um, that's very reasonable, but it's customized depending on what the need is of the client. And then we charge like a flat backend fee on the media buy. So, um, which is a low percentage, frankly. It's, um, uh, but that those numbers, I, I wouldn't give you numbers because they're kind of customized to the client, right? It depends on the client and what the client's needs are. So every every contract that we bid, every deal that we bid is all custom bid. We don't have packages. We don't do any like cheesy thing like that. We're very like built in on the contract on exactly what the need of the client is. And so there, there are, Andy, you asked the question of the media buying, doing both. There are a lot of clients we only do creative. Mm-hmm. but we are very in the weeds on the data around it because we're, we're performance and direct response driven. So it's not, it's not, we don't want to, we don't care about a branding ad. We care about making money off your ad. And so we have to be involved in the data. because we want to make sure that it makes money. It's a good so, branding ad to us if it makes some money. So who's the perfect client? Who's the, the person out there that they're listening right now? They should, without a doubt, need to check you guys out. Yeah, perfect. Perfect client would be a, a client that has a really demonstrable product, right? And demonstrability is is really key in differentiation. Um, so, Purple Mattress is a good case study in this because its gel layer was a big differentiator in the market, and it was super demonstrable. Like video lent itself really well to the Purple Mattress, right? Because we could show people why it was such an effective product, right? And we love to work with companies that have those competitive advantages um, that that they can, um, I call them unfair competitive advantages, right? Where they're like, hey, we don't understand video. We, we don't get media buying, or maybe we're doing some media buying, but we don't know how to supercharge it. We have no idea how to implement data here and really understand the effectiveness of this. But typically the biggest question mark for them is how to actually create what I'll call inexpensive, highly effective user-generated content to go and uh, and supercharge what they're doing on the marketing side. And uh, that's where we can really come in and work with them. So that could be anybody. I mean, that could be, we find like the companies that show up in our world that like really, really need our services are companies that are bumping up against $50 million and they literally can't figure out how to break that $50 million mark. It's like some kind of like sound barrier that exists there that they have a really hard time breaking 50 million. Like we're very good at stepping in and working with those organizations to help them break through to a, a nine-figure revenue, right? Um, at the same time, you might have like we have a client right now that's a great client that is um, I won't say their name because I'm going to talk about their revenue, but they're like about five six million dollars in revenue, and we actually have a couple clients like this. They're on that five six million dollars in revenue, so somewhere between three and five hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue, right? And they're like, how do we break into ten, twenty million, thirty million dollars in revenue? Uh, and they have the money to kind of come in and afford it. They can do it at that point. And they're really like they're in-house. They don't have an in-house team typically, or the the founder is maybe the marketing person, right? Like we slip in really well with those organizations and help those guys. So we're pretty agile in terms of our ability to work with those startup groups, but also work with like really built out, um, uh, you know, marketing organizations of like called like Fortune 500 companies. We we do that, right? So and those those Fortune 500, we work with them. Um, if you have a big ad spend budget, you're spending 50 million a year, 100 million a year. Those are big ads and budgets. You need a lot of creative mm-hmm. and they just need volume sometimes. And the internal teams, you know, it's hard for them to, to create as much volume as they need. So, so yeah, it, it's kind of across the board. It's a little different need for the different size of company. And how can an interested listener find out more about you guys and, and working with Stoic Yeti? 
Yeah, just come over to our website at stoicyeti.com, S-T-O-I-C, Yeti, Y-E-T-I.com. And that's all one word. Just come to our website. You can see, like, we have a ton of video there. You can see a lot of examples of our, our video work. In fact, I was looking at this this morning thinking that we need to put more video up, and we do. Um, but there's a lot of examples of especially, like, user-generated content videos and, and things that we've done along those lines that you can take a look at. Uh, and from there, we have a contact page. You can reach out to us and, uh, via the contact page, and uh, we'll get right back to you. And we had talked, you know, you got the larger companies, you got you some that are, you know, still five, six million a year. It's it's pretty, you know, for some, it's, it's really good size. What if yeah. you're just starting out, you got a demonstrable product? I mean, what kind of marketing budget would you need to go into something like this? That's very dependent upon like a, a number of things, industry, um, like what market are you going into? Um, there's some markets that are extremely competitive. Like if somebody showed up in my world right now and was like, hey, I want to take a mattress that doesn't have like a real competitive advantage into the market and I don't have much of a budget to do it. I would actually try to, to dissuade them from doing that, right? I mean, we're in a recession right now, probably. Uh, mattress sales are way off and you're not going to make any good inroads into that market if you don't have something that you can really toot your horn about, right? Um, even then you're going to get drowned out by a lot of your competitors. So um, it has to be like, if you're going to go into it with a, a highly competitive market like mattresses that you got to go into it with a significant investment. Um, there's other things that come along where it's like, hey, can we bootstrap in and, and make inroads here? We have a cool roller client that we work with you know, really cool product called Hello Roller. And it's a very demonstrable, very like highly competitive in the back rolling, muscle rolling space. And it's been pretty easy to kind of uh, slip in with a fairly a fairly small budget there uh, in terms of ad spend, you know, like $500 a day and actually make really good inroads uh, into that space and and get revenue. So, so it's um, really going to depend on how solid your, your USP is. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And budget, like I always tell people like, look, you know, they're like, oh, can I do this for less or this? Or I'm like, yeah, but it's it's never not. It's always like the more you have, the better, frankly. Right. And that's kind of a hard conversation to have sometimes. But it's it's actually true. Um, it sounds cliche coming from an agency guy who's like, oh, yeah, the more money you have, the better. Right. It's like, well, it's like uh, it's kind of like ski equipment, man. You get what you pay for. It, right. So um, it's it, it very much is true that way. There was a study that came out recently on, I cannot remember where it came from. I think it's Nielsen or, or one of those where most marketers actually don't spend enough on the advertising platforms to get a good enough return of ad spend. So most of like Facebook, um, they need, they have an algorithm, they have an AI and the more money you feed it, the more data you get from it, the better it can optimize. So there's always that like, that fine line for a company that, you know, in the beginning stages of how much can you really spend to get the data enough to make it work? Yeah. Well, this has been great. Um, about ready to wrap it up, but before we do, is there anything else you would like to add? I'd say don't be intimidated by it. Right. Like, um, you know, just, especially if you're just starting out, it, it, it is okay to like open up your phone and just start practicing with your product and go get some ads up, right? Like that's, it's okay to do that. And it's actually probably preferable. Don't feel like you have to go hire a big production house and, and spend a bunch of money that you don't have on something that's probably not going to work for you anyway. So that the best thing you can do is just is act, 
right? Like if you sit around and you're like, I don't know what to do, you'll never do it, right? So you just have to act. And um, and sometimes that's the hardest action. thing. Yeah, sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. But you know, I just look at it, look at it and say, hey, just get it out there and go for it. I've seen guys record like they're sitting in their car recording a commercial, like holding a product, and it's super genuine. And I'm like, I see it enough that I'm like, it's probably working. So um, you you just have to go for it. Dan, any final words? Um, yeah, we look at data, look at the ad and, you know, spend well against the audience and then test it. Um, and what Chris says is you got to go for it because you, you have to start testing what works. And, and your first few ads out there are probably going to fail, but the fail is where you get the learnings to make it work. Fail forward. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us today, guys, for listeners. Remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding connecting with Chris or Dan or Stoic Yeti, you'll find the links in the show notes below. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our all new podcast resource center available at podcast.makeeachclickcount.com. We have compiled all of our different past guests by show topic and included each of their contact information in case you would like more information on any of the services that I've discussed during previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing. 